Welcome to the King's Chapel, Alaska podcast. From wherever you are listening, we are so excited that you tuned in today. Let's prepare our hearts to hear from God's Word. Let's do it. You ready? All right. First John chapter 2. Thank you to the worship team. We do have notes, and I believe they're going around now. And uh, this is uh, a text that I've preached on before and a topic that we have preached on before, but it's been a little while. I've been continuing the series, Healing America. And we find our text, numerous texts. You can see them listed at the top, but I'm just going to read for an opener. First John chapter 2. First John chapter 2, verse 18. Let's read God's word. Little children, he's talking to us. Such is the kingdom of heaven. Little children, it is the last hour. And as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come, by which we know that it is the last hour. Verse 19. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that none of them were of us. Verse 20. But you have an anointing from the Holy One and you know all things. I think we should read verse 20 together. But you have an anointing from the Holy One and you know all things. I have not written to you because you do not know the truth, but because you, do, because you know it that no lie is of the truth. Verse 22. Who is a liar but he who denies that Jesus is Christ? He is the Antichrist who denies the Father and the Son. You ready? Father, moving power, God. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. I have a solid one-hour message to preach to you in approximately 20 minutes. <laughs> Healing of America. I want you to say that. Healing of America. That is God's will. It is God's will to heal America. And I've been preaching a series on that. As we move into the notes, we believe in Bible prophecy and uh, love to hear and understand it. We do a prophetic conference every year, but that's not so much about Bible prophecy, although it won't contradict Bible prophecy. We do a prophetic conference every year that's more emphasizing and celebrating the personal prophecy and the prophetic gift and, uh, and releasing that and teaching people to hear the voice of the Lord. How many of you know you need to hear his voice? Amen. Bible prophecy, years ago, they used to have, you know, those traveling guys would come with these giant charts. Anybody ever seen that? These giant charts that they just pull out. I miss that. Where are those giant chart guys? Amen. I, I think Minister Barry Haggerty could probably be one of those guys. He teaches a class out of the book of Revelation. God's given amazing insight. And so, Pastor, Pastor Barry, you're going to enjoy this message, I think. Wow, Bible prophecy. It always blows my mind to study God's word. Oh, you'll love this. Actually, I should probably save it till I get to the place that I'm going to preach on it. But book of Daniel is so accurate. It's a book that's relevant for our time. 
And as I was looking up some times and dates in the book of Daniel, just Googling, it brought up Wikipedia. And when I saw Wikipedia completely undermine the word of God, and people read that stuff, like it says that Daniel wrote about these things after the fact. In other words, they're so accurate. They got no framework for the fact that actually God could speak to a prophet, he could write it down, and then hundreds of years later it comes to pass. And so they just dismissed it and said that he was referring to something that had already happened. We believe that there's an Antichrist figure. He's probably alive, actually, an actual fact. Now, we do have a great uh, end times eschatology Bible teacher that's coming. He's also an evangelist. Tiff Shuttlesworth will be with us at the end of July, and Lord willing. The Antichrist figure will appear. Revelation chapter 13, 18 says, this calls for wisdom. If anyone has insight, let him calculate the number of the beast. For it is a man's, it is man's number. His number is 666. Now there's people that have gone through all kinds of mental gymnastics, or I should say not mental gymnastics, but mathematical gymnastics to figure out who is Mr. 666. And that comes from Caesar Nero, and they calculate, what it is is in languages like Latin and Greek and Hebrew, there's a numeric, how many of you know how many letters there are in the, in the alphabet? I thought it was 27. Okay, 26. No shock, I don't know numbers all that well, or, or letters. <laughs> Hebrew, Latin, Greek, they have a numeric number, and they, in Latin, took Caesar Nero to calculate 666 and, and basically say, you know, they come up with this Antichrist number, and uh, so many people trying to figure that out. I think we're dealing with something much deeper than some dude. Though I don't mean to underestimate the power and the authority that the Antichrist will have in the earth, but a lot of people just think as the Antichrist is some guy. Oh, and he's going to have a wound on his head and he'll get up, and that's the Antichrist guy. We'll talk about that in a moment, but it's far deeper than one dude who's the Antichrist. I would declare to you from the scriptures that we're going to look at today that the Antichrist is, yes, it's an actual person, is also a spirit that I would venture to say and declare to you what I believe, that that spirit is at work, perhaps even in your life. Let's take a praise break. So let's look at some terminology, and there's five different names, understanding some terms, there's five different names for the Antichrist, Antichrist spirit, of course, number one, write in your notes, A, the Antichrist. Anti means against Christ. So it's the against Christ guy. Think about it that way. So many people, is like, I don't know if you, when somebody was, uh, when I first heard about the term born again, I didn't hardly understand that at all, and nobody took the time to explain it to me. And I remember my brother was the first time that my brother John was the first one to be born again in our family. But they, people said it so fast that I thought it was like, like a, a new church. It was like Catholic, Presbyterian, born again. So he's a born again. I'm like, oh, he's a born again. Well, how about that? I'm, I'm born again. Well, are you born again? I don't know. I'm a Catholic. I'm a born again. What the heck is a born again? 
well, they said it so fast, but later, later on I got born again and then realized, well, it's not a born again, it's a born again person. And if you're not born again, you're going to die twice. If you're not born twice, you will die twice. What do you mean? If you're not born again, then you go to the lake of fire after. That's not God's plan for you. His plan is for you to be born again, not by through your mother's womb. And all the mothers said hallelujah, but born again by the spirit of God. I feel the spirit. I just like, how am I going to do? How am I going to preach this, God? Why don't you reach your hands towards me? Because I got I to gotta hit the ball, and I just want to prophesy and lay hands on everything. Come on, just, just reach your hands towards me. Father, help me. <laughs> help me. Just say what you want to say. I'm not going to be constrained by my notes. I refuse to do that because you don't want me to do that. Be led by the Spirit. Help me say what needs to be said in this service. And then what it says in the other service. Don't hide that clock. We'll have a train wreck. And then all the children's workers will backslide, and it'll be horrible. No, they won't. They won't backslide. They'd be all right. They would draw from a well. Patience is not something you need to pray for. Did you know that? It's fruit of the Spirit. You can declare it. If, you're, if, if you've got the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience. I heard somebody say, I heard somebody say, you pray for patience. You have all kinds of problems. Leave you patience. Then you have to develop it. I've got patience right now. Okay. Antichrist against Christ. Uh, it's used five times. That word is used five times in two letters, first and second John. Pseudo Christ. I'm going to step on the gas. Are you ready? All right. Pay attention. The notes are also up on the screen. Pseudo-Christ or false or deceptive Christ, that term is found one time in Mark 13, 22. It's found in Matthew 24, 24, which I'll read to you. For false Christ, what kind? False Christ. And false prophets will arise to show great signs. They'll show what kind of signs? Great signs and wonders. Just because somebody does signs and wonders does not mean they're from the Lord. I don't care if they raise the dead and heal the sick and set supposed captives free. If they do it in any other name, but the name of Jesus is straight from the pit of hell to try to hook you to take you into a devil's hell, which has never been created for you. But there are real signs and wonders too. Pseudo-Christ. What's the word? Pseudo-Christ. Then man of lawlessness. The man of Chaz. And the man of lawlessness. That's what's going on in Chaz in Seattle, lawlessness. 2 Thessalonians 2, 3 through 4. Don't let anyone deceive you in any way, for that day will come. That day, pardon me, will not come. Everybody say not come. That day will not come until the rebellion occurs and the man of lawlessness is revealed. The man of lawlessness is another name for the against Christ guy. Antichrist. For the Antichrist, man of lawlessness, same thing, same dude, same person. He goes on to describe there in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 4, he will oppose and exalt himself over everything that is called God or worshipped so that he sets himself up in God's temple proclaiming himself to be God. Now, keep track of these terms, Antichrist, pseudo-Christ, man of lawlessness. Number four, the beast. The beast. Revelation 11 and verse 7. Now when they had finished their testimony, the beast that comes up from the abyss will attack them and overpower and kill them. Revelation 13 and verse 1 talks about the beast also. 
and in that context clearly declares that the Antichrist, uh, this beast, it's going to be worshipped. I mean, it's just crazy. Five terms. The fifth term is the willful king. The Antichrist is a powerful, please hear me, a powerful political figure. That's why I refuse, flat refuse. They need to change that thing that came out during Johnson's time. I flat refuse to not get political. I've, I've taken sucker punches at Democrats, and I'll take more. And I'll give them to, you guys were nervous for a second, but I'll also give them to Republicans. The truth is, going to give it to anything that's not the truth. And some, some folks just don't understand that the Antichrist is a, politi- a very powerful political figure. And you think, well, but a separation of church and state, you can't separate it. The willful king. This comes from Daniel chapter 11. And uh, this chapter contains, this is what Wikipedia just totally, I, I just need to go back on and like rewrite what some moron put on there. This chapter contains one of the most specifically fulfilled prophecies of the Bible predicting history some 375 years before it ever happens, and it's with amazing accuracy. So specific, chapter 11 of the book of Daniel, so specific, specific that people like that wrote Wikipedia can't swallow it because that would mean that there's a God that, that knows everything and speaks through prophets. Plainly, they plainly say in Wikipedia, if you look up Daniel 11, they plainly say that Antiochus IV, Epiphanes, did all of these things and Daniel wrote about it. And and Daniel in chapter 11 writes about this leader and um, this political leader, Antiochus Epiphanes. He's lived from 20, uh, pardon me, 215 B.C., to 164 B.C. Uh, was a Hellenistic king. He's the one that persecuted Jews, uh, Judea and Samaria, and he brought about such an antagonistic, antichrist spirit politically that the Maccabees said, you know something, that's stinking it. We're fighting against this thing. And they fought, the Maccabees fought, and they actually removed Rome out. They, 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 um, he had them... Uh, sacrifice a pig on the altar in the temple. Now, if you don't understand what that means, it is the most heinous, most defiling thing you could do is sacrifice a pig on the altar of God, God's altar at the temple. And so the Maccabees rose up and said, well, that's it with you. And, um, and fought valiantly, and it ended in a place called Masada, which is a great, great tragedy for Jews, so much so that Dr. Morocco didn't even want to go see Masada when I went there. He said, it's, a, it's, a, it's horrible. I said, what's so horrible? He said, they all killed themselves, which is completely contrary to, to God's word. They, they all committed suicide. So Daniel writes about that, and, and, and then it takes place. But in verse 36... He goes on to talk about this Antichrist figure called the willful king. Then the king shall do according to his own will. Verse 36 of Daniel 11. He shall exalt and magnify himself above every god, shall speak blasphemies against the god of gods, and shall prosper until wrath, until the wrath 
has been accomplished. For what has been determined shall be done. It goes on. He'll exalt himself. It's this willful king. So these are five terms that are used. Did you all get them? What's the first one? Antichrist. What's the second one? What's the third one? What's the fourth one? And what's the fifth one? The willful king. These are the five terms in Scripture, Old Testament and New, that are used for the Antichrist. Understanding the spirit of Antichrist and uh, overcoming it, firstly. If you don't have right doctrine, then you are soon to be bamboozled. was talking to my brother Chris, who's still on fire which he's gone back to his New York, if I could just say it that way. You know, he, he lives in Malibu, California, and he came here. Well, he was on fire before he got here, but then he came and just, just man, God's moving in his life. Well, now he's returned back to where he used to run, you understand. And all of the things that would want to try to pull him back in, he's conquered all of them, and he's walking in victory. And I'm so encouraged, people witnessing to people. And he read Isaiah 6, which he feels like, I think this might be the call of Lord for me. What do you think? I said, well, the Lord called me with the same scripture, so it wouldn't make sense. And we're like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's intense. It's awesome. And I said to him, and I know he's going to watch this later and hear it. He's going to hear it again because I can't say it enough. I've been around too long. I've, I've served God too long. And honestly, you don't even have to serve God long to see this. I've seen many people on fire, life changed, totally transformed, go like a, like a dog back to the vomit and never come back. I've seen them never come back. I, I, I was one that lost my way. I turned my back on God, cursed him, and said, you know, I curse you and I pray I die and I, I hate you. I, I've done that. Don't do that. That's bad. I had eight months of, this was a long time ago. It wasn't like last week. I didn't just come out of my eight-month backslide. I'm just telling you. So 25 years ago, 20-something years ago. And it's because I didn't have in me a rooting and grounding in the Word. I'm so glad your hair stands on end and the wind blows and you fell out and oil appeared and you had gold dust in your hair. I'm so glad that you had tillings, fillings filled and the power and the glory and the manifestation of the Holy Ghost in your life. Glory to God. And I don't mean to diminish, demean that at all. But if you're not rooted and grounded in the word and you don't have right doctrine, you're going to be hoodwinked, sister. You're going to be bamboozled. You'll have something that comes that looks like God, but you won't know how to rightly discern that. And then you won't be, you won't, the word of God keeps us on the beam. If any manifestation comes, it doesn't line up with the word. It's not from God, period. So how do we overcome an antichrist spirit? You got to have right doctrine. By walking in the truth and in love. 1 John 2, 18, little children, last hour has come. Antichrist is coming. And he makes a plea, 1 John 4. Listen, please turn there. 1 John 4, chapter, chapter 4, verse 2. This is how you can recognize the Spirit of God. That every spirit that acknowledged that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. It's from God. But... Everybody say, but. But every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus has come from God, that is the spirit of thy antichrist, of the antichrist. Is it that black and white? 
Yes. Well, you're kind of freaking me out because I had this yoga teacher. And I better help him rip my pants. Jesus, help me out. <laughs> and this yoga teacher, and, and, and he acknowledged God. And he's a very righteous man. And he acknowledged God. Dude, demons acknowledge God. I mean, just because somebody says God does, does not mean anything. What means something is that Jesus Christ was crucified for your sin and rose again from the grave. That is the dividing line. So just because somebody says they love God, there has to be the, and his Christ, Jesus, who he sent to die for my sin. And if you don't have that, it doesn't matter how handsome, how pretty, it doesn't matter the amazing miracles that they can do or how they can fold themselves up into a little box in the name of God through some contortionist act. And give God the credit. He's the God of this age. That's talking about the devil. Deception. So any spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. Any sp- that's, this is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming. Say, Pastor, is it that simple? It's so simple, just memorize that. Just memorize that whenever there's a miracle, whenever there's a sign, whenever there's a wonder, whenever there's a prophetic word, a prophetic word is really actually wouldn't be a prophetic word, it'd be a pathetic word. A pathetic word is a word that can come that can even be true that doesn't acknowledge Jesus as the author of it. That would be a pathetic word and a false prophet. False prophets don't, they're not lying all the time. Their false prophets can actually speak truth, but their character, their integrity, their doctrine is broken. And then before you know it, that truth is being woven in with a hodgepodge of of false doctrine and manipulation. False prophets don't mean they they prophesy falsely. Actually, a real false prophet prophesies accurately, regularly, until they hook somebody and then take them to the same hell that they're going to end up in should they not repent. I'm preaching better than you, amen. And I'm telling you there's an antichrist spirit that's tried to come across our nation. Wake up! Second John, chapter 7, verse 7. I say this because many deceivers who do not acknowledge Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh have gone out into the world. Any such person is the deceiver and the antichrist. He's talking about people, about people who believe that Jesus has come in the flesh. If you don't declare that and live by that, then you can be being manipulated by an antichrist spirit. You know, the tragedy, one of the great tragedies, many, one of the great tragedies is that we have this internet. Well, just like, just like I told you, I, I went to look up, you know, just some information. I mean, I, we used to have to look through. How many books did we have to look through? And, and, and listen, some of those books, you probably want to hold on to them. Because there's a whole fight for information. And if, you, if the information gets, if, you, if there's a fight over the thoughts of people, ideas. That's why we need to start a school. That's why we have a school. I think we need to start a high school. Why? Who else is going to? 
you know, the, the Catholics had it right, at least in that the worship of Mary, that's all jacked up. But I mean, they had it right with, with starting educational institutions. Because you see kids that have gone through, not all of them, it used to be the like, Catholic school, you send, you send your troublemaker to Catholic school and then, you know, they'd get sued now. But back in the day, my dad told me, oh, those, those nuns. And St. Agnes. St. Agnes Catholic School. Long Island, New York. He can still tell me the names of the men. He was just a little boy. Because they would wrap your knuckles with a ruler. Put your knuckles out. You just didn't want to curse after that. I, I'm not quite sure what the problem was. Just sort of, you know, he said, that's abuse. I, it, it was abuse in some instances. In other instances, let's move on. There's a fight for ideas. Now, I, like I said, I went to Wikipedia and I looked up this thing of Daniel and it's this whole paragraph that straight lies. Completely, I, I mean, I'm, I'm reading, I'm like, what? No. I mean, I want to go back and fix it. I think I'm gonna. But I have to have somebody help me with editing. Pastor Karen. <laughs> Listen, Wikipedia is dangerous. Because you'll get some great information and they'll mix some nonsense in there like I read today. You gotta know, you gotta know what you're learning. I mean, it used to be the way, like I was said, you look for all these books and look through all the books and cross-reference stuff. Now I can do that in a third of the time or less through the internet. The only challenge is, and I'm thankful that I've that I've got a base, a knowledge base, and an understanding of what's true and what isn't. But some people, they're just coming into the kingdom, and so they'll just search and they'll pull up some idiot on YouTube that's teaching some some things charismatic and there's signs and there's wonders, and then mixed in is this neo-Calvinism, this this hyper grace thing that's all good, and you can just do whatever you want, and Jesus forgives you. You can't do whatever you want and call yourself a Christian. We believe in the Trinity. Oh, the Trinity is not in Scripture. Oh, zip it. I understand it's not in Scripture, the actual name. But the theological idea is, which is this, within the substance of the one true and living God, there are three parts, all of them God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Mormons don't believe that. Jehovah's Witnesses do not Believe that. Christian science, don't even come close. Christian science is like, um, they, they believe in a Christ consciousness. All of those are Christian cults. They're all cults. Jehovah's Witnesses changed the word. They completely, they rewrite scripture. It's interesting, if you look at the book of Revelation, it says anyone who adds to this book, God will add to him the plagues in this book. Anyone who takes away from this book, God will take away his name from the Lamb's book of life. You know, it's fascinating. Do this study if, you, if you'd like to. It's give you the fear of the Lord. And that is a problem in America. We don't have the fear of the Lord because the Ten Commandments has been taken out of school and nobody really teaches right, sound, doc, not nobody, but I mean, the, the masses, they're tearing down. They are, you know, they, 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 in, I think it's in Atlanta. They tear down, tore down a monument of a guy who fought against slavery. He was one of the, the paramount abolitionists. They ripped his thing down because he was a, you know, they didn't know. They don't know their stinking history. Sorry, did I spit on you right now? It's okay. 
All right. They don't know their history. And history's being altered. I'm a big proponent of homeschool because I don't know what in God's name they're teaching. It's a little bit too radical for me, Pastor. Well, you think this is radical. Wait till the Antichrist manifests himself. We have the spirit of Antichrist manifesting. Wait till that ugly, willful king shows up. You think this is radical. Make you take a mark. You can't buy and sell. Baha'i. I don't know who I was talking to, and if you're offended, get healed as I tell your story. They told me they'd, they'd come to church, get touched, power gone. Oh, this church is amazing, power gone. God, so, God spoke to me. I said, well, you should pray for me. I'm getting married. I said, praise God. What you, where, where, where's your husband? Oh, he's not here. I said, well, is he a Christian? That's a, that's a good question to ask. Oh, well, well, he believes in God. I said, uh-oh. It's not one of my sheep, but I, I decided I'm going to be a pastor anyway because now you told me and I'm going to stand before God for how I help you right now or don't. And I could go, oh, he believes in God. Praise the Lord. Well, I hope to see you in another service. <laughs> I've never seen them again. I haven't. I, and may they come back. But more importantly, the guy they're marrying believes in God. So I thought, I hate that. I hate when people say that. Well, I believe in God. Well, the devil believes in God. So what? Demons believe. James says demons believe and they, they tremble. There's a whole bunch of people believe in God but have no tremble, no fear. Demons are afraid of God. Many people even here this morning are not. Anyway, I was talking to her and um, she said, oh yeah, I'm getting married. I said, I said, oh, is he a Christian? He believes in God. And I thought, what do you mean? Well, he's, yeah, he's, he supports my walk. I thought, what? Well, he's, he's a Baha'i. I was like, oh, oh snap. Did, did you know, they, they didn't believe that Jesus is an emanation of God. Do you have to make judgments? You better make some judgments. Or you're going to stand before the judge of all. You might miss it. You're freaking me out. I hope I am. This is a wonderful pastoral word in the midst of an outpouring. Listen, I want to throw oil and run over the pews and the hands of people, but if you don't learn the word of God and you don't understand really that there is an antichrist and an antichrist spirit that's now at work in the world, you'll end up deceived and you won't teach your children, you won't, you won't understand, and you'll be hoodwinked, bamboozled, you'll be down the primrose. I think that comes from a movie, Polar Express. Lift your, lift your hands to heaven. <laughs> what are we talking about? Come on, lift your hands to heaven. Just talk to him. Hallelujah. Oh, yeah, Baha'i. I said, Baha'i is a cult. They said, What? I said, Yeah, Baha'i is a cult. And can I just, and I started feeling uncomfortable because it's not one of my sheep, but then again, I don't know if she has a pastor. Listen, everybody needs a pastor. So I said, I said, listen, I'm just gonna be pastoral. Would that be okay? I mean, what are you gonna say? There's the bald, big guy with a tie standing there. Um, go ahead. So I said, I'm just gonna be a pastor. She said, hmm? 
So, okay, you do not want to marry someone who's a Baha'i faith. They need to get born again. Are they going to church? No, they're not going to church. They're going to go to Baha'i. Okay, okay. Why don't you bring them on by? Why don't you bring them to church? You marry. I just told her. I told her flat. Aren't you? I'm so glad that people put their bony, prophetic, loving finger in my face and said, if you keep doing that, you're going to end up with some serious problems. My mother was one of them. She showed up in my house like an Old Testament prophet. I swear to you, the wind was blowing through my apartment. The Lord says, I'm most terrifying. And she didn't stop. Bolts of fire coming out of her eyes and double-edged sword out of her mouth. I'm like, ah, ah, mom, calm down. No, the Lord says she just kept going. I finally had to kick her out of my house. Such, I know that's like, you might not have done that to your mother, but I, I did lovingly. I was so convicted. I couldn't stand not one more second. And I when repentance wasn't really coming on me. I'm like, get this woman out of my house. I'm sure it's actually a demon. I had an antichrist spirit. That's what I had. I said, mom, you're going to have to go. She said, oh, are you kicking me out of my house? I said, yes. And she left, and we were like, oh, that woman. <laughs> Shortly thereafter, I got a letter from a friend from the Philippines who was on a mission trip, and I think it was penned by God himself. And I read that letter and the power of God fell on me. Please understand, I still believed. I was born again, but I was taking a sharp right away from the purposes of God, and I didn't even know. Actually, part of me knew it, but was ignoring it. I read this word from this man of God out of the Philippines, from the Philippines, and I began to weep. It was a missions trip I was supposed to be on, but I didn't go because sin got a hold of me again and started taking me the wrong way. An antichrist spirit started working in me. My flesh and the world started working me over, and I started taking a right turn. When I read this letter, the power of heaven fell. I ended up on my face in my carpet weeping, and the letter disappeared. I mean, I, does anybody keep paper? Some of you keep way too much. But it was one of these letters you'd keep. It vanished. It was gone. Like, I couldn't even find it after I read it. It was gone. But the effects of the Word of God in me through that, as I was rebuked and corrected, thank God for the loving correction of people. Now, I don't know if this lady heard me. It was, it was recently. But if you didn't, may you hear it again. I don't even know her name. We overcome an antichrist spirit through right doctrine and walking in truth. My time is just about concluded. I, 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 have to, I have to move on. But turn to John 8, verse 24. Here it is. It's simple. All these people, this emanation, that Jesus is an emanation. Buddha is an emanation according to the Baha'i faith. That, that Confucius was an emanation. That they're all emanations from God and and we worship him. The problem with that is that is not what the Bible says. 
three separate continents, 66 different books, and it never contradicts itself from farmers to royalty, written all the way in between, and it is seamless. And if you find a contradiction, it's only because you're uneducated. Once you find that, just let me know. I'll set you straight, because it doesn't contradict itself not one time. It is called the inerrant word of God. It was the first book that ever came out on Gutenberg's printing press, and it is still number one bestseller across the nation. It's a book that has so much power because God's word is power. He sends forth his word, and it doesn't return void. Sharper than any two-edged sword, able to divide asunder joint and marrow, soul and spirit. It's no wonder they don't allow it in the in the in the public school system, they're, they're afraid. To quote Pastor Vance all these years ago, I'll never forget it, you were preaching. It's just a book. It is just a book, man. What's the problem? I don't know if you remember that, but I remember it really well. That's just a book. Why can't I bring a book into school? Because it's not a book. It is the book. It is the book. It is, in fact, Bible means book. I told you that you would die in your sins. John 8, 24 if you do not believe that I am the one I claim to be, you indeed will die in your sin. Jesus said, I am the way. Study that out. It's not one of many ways. I am the truth. I am the life. And no man comes to the Father except through me. That's it. That's it. Do you have to make distinctions? Well, he made distinctions. And it's a book. Come on, I'm going to bet my life on the Galilean. I'm going to bet on the one who split A.D. and B.C. I'm going to bet on the one who was prophesied over 300 times in the Old Testament. Emmanuel, Christ with us, the government will be upon his shoulders. I'm going to bet on him. Daniel saw him, the burning, fiery eyes. Feet of burnished bronze, matching up with the book of Revelation that John saw millennium later. Over and over and over, you have to have more faith to believe that God doesn't exist or exists everywhere and is everything and, and, and deny and cut out whole sections of this. reason that people don't want to believe it is because there's an antichrist spirit at work. And if it's really true, if this is really true, you and I need to change. We overcome the Antichrist spirit by overcoming the undermining of the church, being faithful to God's work. They went out from us, but they did not belong to us. This spirit, this Antichrist spirit, let me see if I can land this in three minutes, three minutes from now. Ready? Set. Go. It went out from us, but they weren't a part of us. It's a spirit that operates. It tries to keep people from church. There used to be blue laws. There's no blue laws. It used to be there was no sports on Sunday. There's sports on Sunday all the time now, trying to pull people away. I've noticed that when a person stops coming to church, they soon lose their fire. They soon lose their zeal. They soon lose their passion. They soon lose their prayer life. Soon, very soon. Oh, some are stronger than others. The last six months or a year, or maybe they'll be able to do it for a couple years even, but soon, soon, they have departed from the faith. I notice that every totalitarian, every totalitarian, evil totalitarian state, every evil one worship team, every single evil one will destroy the church first. They take their, they take church, take their guns, and then begin to wipe out. That's what they do. That, listen, that First Amendment, that's a, that's a very important one. 
That's a very important one. What's happened here across America is lawlessness. And that brings me to see lawlessness can be overcome by obedience to God's word. The whole generation is just like, if it feels good, then do it. The 60s, free love. Wasn't love, wasn't free. Jacked up a whole bunch of people. And some of you still think that you can do whatever you want. Well, not if you're born again, born again. Not if you're saved. Not if you've given your life to Jesus and your life is no longer your own. If you're really saved. And all of us are in process of what's called sanctification, becoming more and more like him. But this antichrist spirit is real. Fourth thing, unchecked political power. I've got to say this part. Unchecked political power must be mitigated, must be tempered, must be dealt with by Christians who vote for God's sake. And it's just because your granddaddy, your papa, or wherever you come from, your grandpa, your grandfather voted along party lines. I understand that. I understand loyalty to your family. I understand being faithful. I understand that. But why don't you question what you believe? You know, I know you're online right now. I can just feel it. I love you. I will always preach the truth. And if it offends you so that you no longer come, I think you ought to check yourself according to the word of God. I've prayed and I'm praying for you. Say, so who is that? None of your business. Talk to them. You make your decisions not based upon the bygone celebrations of, a, of another era. We were in an era where babies are being aborted and millions of babies. We're in an era where, where marriage is being twisted. It's not even marriage, it's same-sex marriage. We're in an era where there's so much problems. Jesus is the solution. Forget about Republican, forget about Democrat, forget about independent. Vote issues, issues and track record. Somebody flips like a coin. Used to be against abortion, flip. Oh, now I'm for it. Just trying to get power. The spirit, this spirit is a spirit of political power. The spirit of the Antichrist wants to take over this country. You see that in Seattle. It's crazy that the, the things that they don't want, they're doing worse. Killing people, raping people. We don't want any police. Then they become the police with their own laws. I understand that there's corruption in police departments because there's people. Overcome self-worship by walking in humility. I guess there goes my three minutes. I think I went to five. I, I went to maybe four minutes. I'm done. 11 o'clock will be a different service. Raise your hands to heaven all across this place as I close. Number one. Are you still in your sin? Have you believed on the Lord Jesus Christ? Have you repented? Just quit pointing the finger.
Quit blaming other people and take personal responsibility for your lawlessness. Take personal responsibility for your sin. Take personal responsibility for where you've failed, where you've fallen short, because all have fallen short of the glory of God. But the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. And if you've never given your heart to him, do it now. Do it today. Do it. Don't wait another moment. Don't wait another service. You might not have another one. The devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I've come that you might have life and life to the full. God wants to free you, help you, and set you free. If that's you, give your heart to Jesus for the first time or make a recommitment all across this place. Those online, you say, that's me. Raise your hand high. One hand, put it in the air. Say, that's me. God bless you. God bless you. Praise God. Pray this with me, won't you? Right out loud. Say, dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die in my place. To rise again from the grave for me. Forgive me of all of my sin. And come into my heart. Be my Lord and Savior. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. Would you stand all across this place as I begin to close? I pray, Holy Spirit, for your touch upon those that prayed that prayer. And, and if you did pray that, you let us know online. You put it in the comments. You send us an email. If you're here in the congregation, uh, Pastor Vince, Minister Ava are going to be standing in the lobby. They're heading there now to give you some information to help you grow in the things of God. I have a whole department that want to help you grow big and strong so you're not manipulated by an antichrist spirit so that you really actually become strong in God's word, doctrinally strong, not just somebody who feels the wind. And, and, but somebody that can actually stand against the wind. We need believers to stand up and vote and live it. Live it with all their heart, with all their mind, with all their soul and all their strength. To be set free. To be delivered. To be a people that hold out the word of truth. That can rightly divide God's word. I love the word. And I love the spirit. It's the only way you'll grow up. If all you do has the word, you will dry up. And if you're cherry picking stuff to fit whatever you've, what you feel is right, then you're a God, then you've made yourself out to be God. That's not God. God says things that you don't like. Why? Because he loves you. And he wants you to live this life and life abundant, free from guilt and condemnation and shame. If you love me, says Jesus, you'll obey my word. How do he defines loving him by obeying his word? That's why we have foundation classes. That's why we have life groups. That's why we do what we do. That's why we have as many services. I didn't preach from the stinking Encyclopedia Britannica today or a little printed thing of Wikipedia. I preached from the Word of God, enduring, multifaceted, where heaven and earth will pass away, but His Word, not part of His Word, His Word. You said, well, it's written by man. That's because you're uneducated and you don't really understand why it actually is called the Word of God. Go get, go get um, uh, F.F. Bruce's parch, parch, parchments, scrolls in the parchment. Go, go do a study on why it's actually God's Word. But most people are lazy, and they just want to parrot some nonsense that they're, man wrote that. Oh, you just, you're not really willing to learn the truth, because if you is, then you're going to have to repent. I've, I've done it. I've studied. I've Look, I'm still studying. I'm never going to stop studying. All right, I'm done. Father, bless your people. Cause your face to shine upon them. Lift up your countenance towards them. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. One more thing. 
I take authority over an antichrist spirit that would try to manipulate God's people by the power, the name, and the blood of Jesus. I break your hold off of this people, off of those online. I command that foul, lying spirit to be broken. I pray now, put a hunger in your people to live for you, to have right doctrine, to walk in love, not to be hoodwinked, and to vote, to vote based upon what's right and wrong, not, not party lines. Register to vote. Make a difference. It really counts right now. It really does because an antichrist spirit will rise. A one world government, it's right there. It's right there. But we need a great harvest to come in. So won't you fight with me? It's why we do what we do. It's why we're building our building. There is truth and there's a lie. And I will ever declare the glory of God and the kingdom of God is at hand through the blood of Jesus. He died and rose again. And any other spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is straight from the pit of hell. Doesn't matter if they say God. Did you get something? Lord bless you, keep you, cause his face to shine upon you, lift up his countenance towards you, be gracious to you, and give you peace. We love you. Don't miss tonight, 6 o'clock. Pastor Gil, go be preaching. Thank you for joining today's podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, you can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one.